Just a heads up, I need to apologize for the poor audio on this recording. I had one of my mics go out, so I did the best I could with the software used to clean it up. Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here today with Andy Hollis. We are in Eagles Canyon Raceway, and we're on one of the stops. It's a One Lap of America, yep. right? Sponsored by Tire Rats, the Tire Rat One Lap of America. Yep. Presented by Grassroots Moors. So those okay. are two primary sponsors of the, of, the, of the event. Is it always that way? Uh, yes. Okay. For, for at least the last 15 years or so. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about where you're from, what are you doing right now in terms of racing or driving in addition to what you're doing here today? So I'm from Austin, Texas. Um, I'm retired out of the computer games industry, and so I have lots of free time. Um, so I play with cars a lot. Um, always been a racer, was a longtime autocrosser at the national level, uh, a bunch of titles and stuff doing that. But I, then I kind of discovered track day driving and stuff. And living in Austin, we have Harris Hill. There's a little club track nearby, which I'm a member of. So I get down there once or twice a week, get a lot of track time there. Um, but we also have Circuit of the Americas available to us and spend a lot of time out there. Um, the other thing I spend a lot of time doing is I write for Grassroots Management Magazine. Okay. Um, and so I do a lot of tire testing. Um, and so uh, I've run on pretty much every tire that, that exists that's a high-performance tire right now. I could tell you which ones are faster, which ones are slower, which ones overbeat quickly, which ones are good for long sessions, all that kind of stuff. And that's part of that going out of the track once or twice a week is I'll be almost always testing Sonyo. They couple my barn. Uh, as well, uh, the man's call. So yeah, I, I you know, I, I spent a lot of time uh, doing gearhead stuff. Cool, that's awesome. And so, this one lap thing, one lap America, I didn't even know this existed. Maybe two or three months ago, and then I met that and was probably sadly that another going kind of left from we can't both right. So this is basically the legalized spiritual heir to the original cannonball prize um, that Rock 8 Sr. did for Car Driver Magazine back in the day, the clandestine things where all the fast driving was put on the streets. Um, and it morphed over time. It took a few years, but initially it started off as a big rally. That's why the One Lap of America name came, where they had literally ran around all four corners of the continental United States. You know, it took a whole week to get through all this crazy number of miles. People were falling asleep, list though. And then they started doing more and more of the fast driving on tracks. Um, as access to tracks became more and more prevalent, because originally, I mean, it used to be, you had to have like a road racing license in order to get on a track. And then as more and more track day organizations started up, uh, the events in people at doing the event, for them, swinging down, it has, Probably for the last 20 years, at least, been in its current form, which is where all the fast driving happens on track in the form of time trucks. So we'll do two sessions in a day. I mean, you'll go out and do three laps in the morning, all three of which count. Yeah. So if you make any mistake at all, it counts in your cumulative time, and you're ranked according to that. That's how they can score. There'll be a lunch break. You'll go out again in the afternoon. And then when you're done, you pack up your car and you drive it to next event. And you do that every single day for a week. 
and the total number of highwaymen was his typically about 3,500 miles, which is the same distance from the East Coast to the West Coast, like the old cannibal. Yeah. So you basically do the same amount of mileage. Yep. You just spend it across a week, but the fast driving van of that's on it drives. So your car has to make wood on the highway. Yep. And tolerable on the highway, yet fast off the track. That and it gets it's interesting. So on how you modify your car because I don't need limitations because you've got to live in it. Yeah. So if you make it super loud and super rough and stiff in a real race car with big cage and all that stuff, guess what? I'm gonna drive that 700 miles to the next track. Uh, every year the route is different. Uh, and this year is on a thing. And sort of the middle of the country. Yeah, we've gotten all, it always starts and ends at the tire rack because that's the okay. our primary sponsor. Yep. And we'll always do a skid pad competition on their test track. They have a way of winning spring was on some of this. We had that at the beginning of the week when everybody's tires still have tread on them. Um, and then at the very end of the loop, you come back to the tire rack and the very last event we do is a skid pad. Um, when you, our tires are at their primo depth, once you've worn them down during the week yet. So there's all kinds of decisions you make as far as tire choice, bar choice, hoof driver choices, you know, how do you practice for the event? How do you present it at Arft and the event? So many factors. And the people that have done it a lot of years learn the best ways to kind of one one. It's one thing to be a good time trial driver. It's another thing to learn all the nuances of how to get through a week you know, even things like what's it means, you yeah. know, and how to normalize any white cars and your stop. It's like not. Those are all critical, and the, you know, just to have a better fun. But that's also just being in better health throughout the week and being able to perform. Because I tell you, by the end of the week, you're exhausted, and then you know, so if you do the math on that mileage, typically you're doing on average 68 hours of driving each evening, uh, and you can imagine what that does to your or level of the exhaust, yeah, just kind of builds up some sleep deprivation. And also, though, why there's always at least two people. It's I let. I was going to ask you that if anybody could do with salt. Yes, I'm fine. Yeah, you're, you're always supposed to have at least two. You can have more if you've got a four seater bar. But four. Yeah, I've seen some like yeah. I thought it's all station one again or yeah. something. There, there are teams of up to four, and in, there's no limit. I mean, you can put as many in there as you want. But I've been quite you know races that were never worn four seater seat. Oh, and they. um uh, there, like a lot of the drivers on track, and the fuse got to sleep the whole time, you know, on the transit. Yeah. So, I've usually done it uh, with just myself and somebody else uh, for the longest time was with my wife, uh, but she would do the transits and I would do all of the on track drive. Okay, but that worked out pretty well. But she finally got tired. Yeah, after ten years, I mean, it, this number thirteen for I was going to ask you that too. Yeah, yeah, and nobody tries to go out. Hey, she did after. After number 11, she put her foot down and said, nah, we're not doing this anymore. At least I'm not. Yeah. So uh, she's actually enjoying a vacation in Hawaii right now while I'm doing this. It was on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and how long? There's about 70 or 80 cars. 85. 80. Typically, that's typically the number. And and lately, it's been selling out every And we sell out almost immediately when it goes live. Uh, returning uh, participants can get, typically get dibs on, on our spot. Um, and then Brock always also saves some spots for manufacturers. Yeah. So this very high profile. And it's always gives magazine coverage, grassroots covers it, but also lots of other media outlets will cover the events. Um, as well as the, 
media marketing departments of various participants, sponsors and things. Um, and so, uh, so for example, this year we have a team from Goodyear, um, and these are both the you know, two drivers that are test engineers with Goodyear. And so they're showcasing a Goodyear product as far as the tires on the car. We have, uh, two teams from Michel on the show. We have again, the salines is one of the animals. They have a four bad and a, yeah, I forget what the other car was, uh, maybe Vipta, maybe Camaro, I forget. Um, we have uh, teams from American Hot Dog. Um, it's an employee after hours club team oh. of engineers um, that, that have rocked two cars, including an NSX and a um, uh, and a actor GL, PJLX. And then we have uh, a team from uh, Toyota, um, and they've been with us. The Toyota guys, gosh, it's been at least six, seven years. Uh, they typically bring three cars. Shoot, repeat. Great about the Toyota guys is because they have so many cars that bring lots of tools and lots of know-how. Because <laughs> they all come from different aspects yeah. of, it, of the engineering. It's Toyota product engineering uh, that sends up. Uh, they want to read this. They learn this fleet work, but they also learn uh, how to make their products better in an environment in a, like, like motorsports as well as just driving across the country yeah. and all of those miles. Those are... And it's data and information they could bring back into product development and give that feedback uh, to the uh, people developing those product lines. So it, it really pays dividends in a lot of ways for the manufacturers to participate in the event. So Frog always saves a few spots for those manufacturers that come. And sometimes we'll get uh, kind of like luminaries. So we had a team that uh, Yokohama and Subaru were sponsored with Travis Pastrana yeah. and Bilko. Um, and those guys are, I, I love having guys like that around and not because they're celebrities, because we're all gearheads and, and we're all the same. Yeah. And no matter what walk of life, we're all gearheads, we're all the same. I mean, it'd be surprised. I mean, there's people around here with not two nickels to rub together. There's people around here who are quite well to do. Yeah. You can't tell the difference. Yeah. We're all just drivers. We're all having a good time. We're all competing as well as just participating in the event. And that's what's so great about one. Everybody's on an even heel and we're just gearheads having a good time think of this summer camp for your yeah you know and it's what eight or nine days uh it's a full a full week in a day so we go from saturday to saturday okay um and so we do that dry let's get that on the saturday last saturday we started and theoretically what we'll be returning if we make it um to uh south bend indiana going uh, this week saturday so well for people who have never seen this they want to get into it um, I know it sells out quickly, but how much does it cost to attend? Um, you know, I believe the entry fee need... Green balance of the higher. Okay. Plus, you also have your consumer, so you're going to have it by... Well, that's one of the, one of the only rules. You get one set of time. I was going to... That's the other part. You get one set of time. They carry a spare. Um, and if you have, a, you know, a staggered setup, you carry two spares. Yeah. But you can only put it on if you have a roadhouse. Got it. If you put too much camber in your car, that's your problem. Yeah. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're going to have to flip the tire and just run on, on the cords and live with it, uh, but you get one set of tires last week so you had to be careful with your choice and you may get all kinds of weather so you got to think about that so and it may be that there's weather on track 
you know, it's raining while you're running, which may happen this afternoon. Yep. Um, but more importantly, weather on the transits. So like last year, we had a transit through torrential downpours and tornadoes. And we have four inches of water on the highway. You could barely do 35 miles an hour and stay on the road. We had a number of people have Nobody hit a wall, but there were some moments where people were just no longer in contact with the ground with hydroplating. As it was at the end of the week, there wasn't a lot of trade. Yeah, you're right. So these are the choices you make. Do I get a longer lasting tire and take a chance? Or do I go, you know, go for a tire that maybe isn't quite as quick in the dry, but in, in inclement weather is way better, and I'm going to finish to that. And so as the old saying goes, to finish first, first you must finish in. So it's a grueling event. It's hard just to get all the way through it. It's hard to get all the way through it given the same condition you started, both you and the car. Um, I like to say that uh, it's all of us against the event. Yes, we keep score. Yeah. But it's all of us against the event. Some of us will do better against the event than other people. But the event itself, just finishing in one piece, really, really hard. So you got different classes? Yes. So there's uh, there's sort of two things going on at once. One is the overall competition, and, and there's big trophies for the top 10, the overall top 10. Okay. And those can come from any class. Okay. And because cars can be modified, like one year I have, you know, I actually ran it for four years, that little Honda CRX, highly modified. It came from the, the low, slowest class, the economy class, and we finished fourth overall. <laughs> so, but it's highly modified, like 300 horsepower, 1,900 pounds, full cage, gutted, blah, 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 race, race suspension and everything, um, arrow and, and things. So, you know, you can you can modify the heck out of the car and make it really, really fast. Now, it was hell on the transits. I bet. Um, so, not recommended for newcomers. Oh, and you were asking about how do people get into it. So there's the One Lap of America website, getmapofamerica.com. There's an entry button on there, and uh, usually the entry opens up sometime in the fall. Uh, the riddle get announced. The entry will open up. You just got to doubt pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, there's also a Facebook page, some social media that you can watch. For One Lap, it's the tire rack, One Lap America Facebook page, and you kind of watch that. Um, and they'll usually make an announcement, you know, what usually happens is they'll say something like, we're getting ready to, red to open registration, which means you then need to start then checking the registration button yeah, like three times a day for the next two weeks and because and, it'll sell out the 24 out. I was going to say, yeah. I can't it with just that many people. Yep. Yeah, and we had a waiting list of a good 50 people. Now, real life gets in the way and over that six months, people's cars break or they don't, or they don't get built or somebody's job changes or whatever. So we'll typically lose a good 25 people, but if you got a waiting list of 50, you're still going to have a waiting list. I mean, we still had a waiting list. We didn't clear it this year. There was somebody that I was going to meet here uh, who couldn't make it because they just could not get uh, the registration for the car in some state or something like that. Oh, that's the other part is that the car has to, it's got to be street legal, right? It's got to be a street legal car with registration and insurance. You know, because you're going to be on public roads and stuff like that. So you've got to have all of that as well. Uh, so you can't just hang a tag on a race car and, and call it good. Although we've had some quasi, we, a few years back, we had a couple of manufacturer specials that had like a transport tech on or a manufacturer tag on them. Uh, so uh, we think it's some neat. There's ways to kind of get around. But, but not too many to get. So what's the craziest story for 13 years of this? Wow. That's lots of stories. So probably the craziest car. Yeah. Um, there's a gentleman, uh, actually a husband and wife team, had 
Uh, so you know these, um, like Super Seven looking kind of clone cars, and this I think it was called a Super Light, had an S two Honda S two thousand engine in it. They were running on E eighty five. So with the and this was oh gosh, this was like two thousand and eight. So it's been a while. In those days, there wasn't a lot of E eighty five around. Right. So they had to carry a lot of fuel with them. So they they they, they towed a trailer, and you're allowed to bring a trailer. I was in asset. You're not allowed to have a support vehicle. Okay. But you can bring a trailer with as much junk in as you want. Of course, that's also another point of failure. Yeah. So we have people who have blown tires on their trailers, and that wheel bearings go up and all like that. So they towed a trailer with a whole bunch of E85 in it. This, this S2000 powered super light, though, didn't have a lot of room, plus that you need to be able to sit. So what would the pa- where would the passenger sleep if they couldn't sleep in this thing? Because it's an open cockpit car, right? Sure. They slept in the trailer. So we caught, they called, nicknamed it the coffin. It looked like a cigar-shaped thing. You're sleeping next to, I forget how many gallons of E85 with a vent tube. It's a free. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you got to be, that's the craziest car setup I've ever seen. And they would, one of them would be in the trailer while the other one drove, sitting next to 30 or 40 gallons of alcohol. I, uh, Jeff, <laughs> like I said, none of us is really right in the head. <laughs> to be doing this, but those, those, those are probably, they take the cake in my event, as far as the craziest car. Uh, seen all kinds of crazy stuff. We've had tornadoes. Um, I, I, we had one car, let's see, this was about my years ago. We were kind of in this area, in fact, uh, and we were headed up Interstate 35, and a tornado came through, and it flooded a whole bunch of watering downtown Oklahoma City. We were on our way up to Hallett, and one of the teams routed themselves through there, uh, trying to avoid the the, the, the active tornado, yeah. but they got in the aftermath where all the water was, yeah. and their car drowned. Oh, they got stuck in an intersection that was kind of a low border frosting, basically. And the car, the water just came, they just got out of the car and walked away. Oh my God. And the car just sat there until the water receded where they could get it towed out. And they, the car was a total loss. They, the lap one on that. Yeah. That I was so. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely had a number of tornado incidents over the years because it always happens the first week of May. Yeah. Um, and depending on whether it's a northern route or a southern route or a mid, you know, middle country route or a midwestern route. The weather could be quite variable at least times. The last few years, it's, we've had a significant amount of rain. Yeah. Um, I don't know as global warming what, but, you know, there was probably five years in a row I can remember for, you know, back in my early days doing this, where it was dry the whole time. That's an, you know, and then lately it's been way more wet. Modern cars tend to have more built-in stuff to help you yeah. in wet conditions, and not just on track, but just doing transits and all like that, you know, good ABS brake stability control and things like, you never know any new panic stop on the highway or something yep. like Well, I'm following, I'll wrap this up with, okay. I'm following you here. We're at Eagles Canyon. Then we're going to go to Thunder Valley for the right. drag tonight. Right. We're fingers crossed. It may or may not rain. And if, it, if it doesn't rain, there'll be, a, yep. you guys are competing there tonight. Yep. And then tomorrow's going to be at Howland. Sounds right. I'm going to be at all of them. Sweet. And I want to try to, find out how you did so how did you feel like you did i right. so I, I have a significant amount of time here since i live in austin i get up here uh, periodically in fact i was just here twice in the last two months 
um, in different cars than this. Because I've actually never driven this car before until this week. It's our original plan. That car is in the shop and all like that. So this is one of the magazine's project cars. So if you go to grassrootsmotorsports.com, look at our project cars, you'll see what this car is. It's very mildly prepped car. And I'd never set foot in it until earlier this week. And so I've been learning how to drive it uh, as we go through the wing. And I think I've kind of got it nailed. It. I mean, it's, it's a turbo car with a lot of lag. Yeah. So I have to drive with technique that would be considered bad normally in a naturally aspirated car. Like I'm going to full throttle right in the middle of a turn. Yeah. Because the power isn't going to come yeah. for another couple of seconds. Yeah, yeah. So you have to like predict when the power is going to, which you would never do. Like, yeah, that, that. You know, so a rear wheel drive, catch the aspirated car, you need this drive right to the ground. Yeah. So I'm, I'm learning how to do that, how to drive around its special circumstances. So, you have a co-driver. I do. Who's that? Tom Sutter, who's uh, one of the owners of the magazine. Awesome. Yep. Up inside. He's been, he's been cheering about for that yellow so last year, and he was my transit driver. Oh. Uh, my wife stopped doing it, so I, I enlisted him, and, and we drove a different car. Uh, this year, he gets to drive. So we're splitting every single day. One of us goes out first, and then the other one goes out later, which is competitively a disadvantage. Yeah, so you want to learn in the morning and go better in the afternoon. But I want him to experience all the tracks. Yep. He's never been to any of these tracks, other than the one we did the other day at Road Atlanta. Yeah. So... He's having to go out, and that's the special one-lap experience. If you go out there, three time laps, the old calendar is cool, or you want to drive a little endeavor river down there. That is both terrifying and exhilarating at the same time, and that's what makes one-lap special. Yep. Well, Andy, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Glad to see you at the Thunder Valley. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like. But I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com. And you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag. 